Jesus said he would build his church and that even the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In dark times like we're experiencing all over the earth, it's time for the church to rise up, to be built by Jesus, to live for Jesus, to carry out this mission that matters the most, to seek and save the lost, to make disciples, to raise up the next generation. I believe we are that church, a church that is bringing heaven to earth, a church that's reaching its city for Jesus, a church that is building hope. It's building hope in families, building hope in forgotten people, building hope for future generations, and building hope into the people that are experiencing forever life change. This is our church. Together we can build hope. We are Kingdom City Church. Right here, right now, we have an opportunity before us unlike anything that we've ever experienced. An opportunity to build a new home, reaching a new part of our city for the glory of God. An opportunity to build out our current home, to reach the next generation better than we have ever reached them before to empower and to equip them as young disciples to take the mission of Jesus further than we have. An opportunity to build a house of hope in an underreached and underserved part of our city. Though often overlooked by the rest of the city, God's heart sees and God's hands wanna help through his church to help people that are in desperate need. We have an opportunity to go and build hope halfway around the world in the lives of other people that we might never meet here on earth but one day we will see an eternity. This is our time. This is our opportunity to build hope. The church we are building is not about us. It's all for God. It's built with God. It's built by God. But we get to be in partnership with God. We have a part to play. It's built by His grace and for His glory, but it's also built by our hands that we have an active part to play in this kingdom endeavor, to serve and to sacrifice and to surrender, to see kingdom come in Kansas City. We get to be partners with God in this heaven-inspired plan to build hope and to see a kingdom revival in Kansas City that touches the whole world. This is our time. This is our chance. This is our moment to build Hey, why don't you stand to your feet for a moment? We're going to take a moment to honor God. And as we do that, can we welcome our online church family and community and everybody that might be watching this? And how about the men of Lansing Correctional that we've having church right now? And we love you so very much. And what a privilege it is to bring fresh vision to a church that's on fire in their faith. And maybe you feel like I'm a, I'm a little dormant and Life has been difficult, so I'm telling you, there's nothing like getting you out of what you are facing, like growing your faith and expanding your heart for what God's heart is after. And God has a heart for you to move your life forward, to bless the work of your hand. But today we're gonna to talk about what he wants to do through us that lives out long after us. This is legacy season for us as a church. And there's a beautiful new endeavor that we're stepping into. Welcome to Vision Sunday. Let's pray. If you would, my mind, wherever you find yourself, just kind of open your hands before God as if to receive something from Him. God, I thank you for this community of faith, this church family. 
For 13 years, you've been faithful, and so has this church. And today, we want to receive something by your spirit. Speak to our hearts, God. We're, we're listening for our part to play, for, for the grace that you put on our life, for the calling that you have for us as fathers and mothers and husbands and wives and individuals, and as business people and students. Lord, I thank you. You have something unique for every single one of us, and yet it all is woven together by your grace as a family of faith to do something for the future move of God in Kingdom City Church, in Kingdom Kids, in Kansas City, in our nation, and even around the world. So Lord, I thank you like only the Holy Spirit can. Would you make the vision personal? connect to our hearts, speak to our hearts. We are listening, ready to receive and obey. In Jesus' mighty name, can we get a big loud amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. I am going to tell you, don't open this up until I tell you to. If you sneak to peek, you are forgiven. But we will get to that in a moment. If you are a guest here, we're honored to have you out. Can we just give love to anybody that might be brand new today? I will say every Sunday, um, Vision Sunday is a little different. Sometimes we have one in the beginning of the year, sometimes right around this time to a year, because we just need a fresh reminder. Why are we here? What has God called us to do? And how do we all get to play a part of what God is saying and what God is speaking and what God sees for us? But if you are, uh, are a guest, I, I would say 50 plus Sundays out of the year, most often from this platform, the preaching and teaching of God's word, we are a Bible-believing church, and we believe when we don't just know the Bible, but we live out its principles, it is powerful to change us and to make us look like, more like Jesus. So if you came here needing help in your relationship or uh, maybe just peace in an anxious mind or just help to move your life forward, you will get that. I believe God will speak to you today. In fact, if you're far from God, you'll have an opportunity to come close to him, and he's going to change your life today. But today really is about what has God called us to do as a family. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about our church, if you're new. For 13 years, we've been lifting up the name of Jesus. I don't think we've ever had a service in 13 years where someone hasn't said yes to Jesus. Come on, how many think that's pretty powerful, that the, the wave of salvation happens every single Sunday in every single service? Uh, we don't just reach the lost, we make disciples here. We, we build our lives based on the principle of God's word in connection with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit because he's still moving through people like you and me. We're a church that has, like I said, we have a location at Lansing Correctional that last weekend uh, on Sunday morning, 10 guys or, or 12 guys gave their hearts to Jesus. How many think that's awesome? And we're so proud of every single one of you. And we had a service just this last Wednesday as well, a special one, and 11 more guys said yes to Jesus. 23 guys in one week came alive to Christ at our location in Lansing. The House of Hope that's located right out these doors, uh, part of our north location, we we've given over two million meals in the last three and a half years. Not even three and a half years. Two million meals. Oh, we can do better than that to our, our friends and family, loved ones, to love our neighbor, to love our neighbor, but not just with gifts, with bringing them closer to the greatest gift. We do it all in the name of Jesus for the expansion of salvation in our city. We're a church that serves. Vision Sunday is, is really a reminder what is God asking? What does God see for us? What is God wanting to do? And maybe just a, a coming back into clarity of calling. Really, why does the church exist? And what, what can we lean into in this coming year or this coming season 
that is significant, so we don't go through the motions. We ask these questions. God, why do you have us here right now? What have you called us to do? How, God, can we do it for, for your glory? As we unpack the vision today, um, I want to tell you, it's not just about the next 12 months or 13 months into 2024 to get to 2025. This is really about what is God asking of us in this time and space? If you will, in this generation, and I'm not talking about boomers or Gen X or millennials or Gen Z. I'm talking about this group that is gathering in this room, this group that's leaning in online, the men at Lansing. What is God asking of us right now that outlives us? What's the moves that we make now that maybe they're natural and maybe they're supernatural, but they're significant in the kingdom of God? Because we're 13 years old as a church, but really we're part of a movement that's 2,000 years old. And what is God asking of us in our community, in our space that's, that's bigger, than, bigger than this place? We believe that we want to influence a city that influences the world. I think the world's looking at Kansas City. It's not just because Taylor Swift shows up at a football game, and not just because the World Cup's going to be here in a couple years. I think God is on the move here in a special way. Not that we're bigger or better than any other city or bigger or better than any other church, but I think there's something specific and, and significant for us here at Kingdom City. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm getting my graduate's degree. Uh, I'm not just a pastor, I'm a scholar, um, a humble one. But, I, you know, there's no convenient time to do it. But I just said, you know what, I'm going to go for it in this season. And then with every new course that I take, every new class that I'm in, they send me my syllabus. And my syllabus, I, I, when I was in college before, I never looked at it. I just kind of went with the flow. But now I've got to plan some things out. I've got, a, I've got a, a lovely wife, I've got three kids, I've got a church to lead, I gotta make sure things are in order. And when I'm opening up my syllabus, it tells me every assignment, when it's due, it shows me all the papers I have to turn in, all the books I have to read, and honestly, it's overwhelming. This current class I'm in, I got a paper due in about a month and a half from now, and I'm like, I'm already like losing sleep just thinking about what I need to do to get it done. Because I know if I don't complete the task, if I don't complete the assignment, I cannot graduate. I cannot move forward. I'm going to have to take that test and do that assignment again. In the same way, Jesus has given his church a divine assignment. He's given us a, a it's not a class to graduate from, but it's a calling to grow into. He's given us something for us now, individually, it's made specifically for your, you, your gifting, your place, your sphere of influence. But collectively, for the church, and I'm not just speaking about Kingdom City Church, I'm talking about the, the movement of Jesus on the earth. He made it very clear to his followers what they were supposed to do to complete their assignment. We find it in Matthew 28. It's the great commission. It's the great assignment. He says, hey, therefore, go. Not just stay and learn. Not just stay and grow. He says this is a go calling. This is about activity. This is about action. This is about faith steps. Don't just sit back and grow. No, lean in and lead into the future. Get out there and make disciples. He doesn't say just make converts. Now, we know you cannot become a disciple, a follower of Jesus, without knowing Jesus. But it's a, it's, a, it's a given, a foregone conclusion that for them to become a disciple, they have to know Jesus. That's a wave of salvation that is followed up by steps of looking more like Jesus. That's discipleship. And we have a church, I think we do a phenomenal job of reaching the lost. 
I think there's a gifting on our church that waves of salvation happen every single Sunday. It is so significant. In fact, just in the room right now, if you came back to Jesus or for the first time gave your heart to Jesus at Kingdom City Church, can you just raise your hand if you're in the room? Can we just raise your, look around you right now. This is what God has done. It's beautiful. We're so proud of you. Some of the best people in the city and in my life just raised their hand. I love that. But we make disciples. We help them grow to become more like Jesus and baptize them. Uh, about a month and a half ago or so, we had baptisms. We had, we had 40 people baptized. Last week, we had, I think, 28 or 30 people go public in their faith. We are fulfilling the assignment in this season. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded them. And surely, he says this, I'm with you always. I'm there with you all the way to the end of the age. It's a go and reach. It's a go and grow people. It's make disciples. It's don't stay here, go. This is our assignment. And the final is due at the end of our life, the end of our age, and the end of the season. And spiritually speaking, I just say, we're not, we're not staying here. We're going. We're not just going to more of Kansas City. We're going to the, the whole world. And that's what Build Hope is all about. We, we're just calling this season a Build Hope season that collectively all of us together are gonna choose to own our little assignment in this great big kingdom calling. And every family, every individual, and everyone in our church family, we have a part to play in owning the opportunity of our divine assignment so that we can fulfill our collective destiny. And to do that, we've labeled it and called it and mandated. It's a season of building hope. Isaiah 54, the prophet Isaiah, God speaks to him and says, I want you to enlarge. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your home. Stretch out your reach. Stretch out your curtains wide. Don't hold back. How many know that in the last couple of months especially, maybe even the last three years, it's kind of been a hold on in. Get a little smaller. Insulate your world a little bit. Hey, in the face of inflation, it's been a little bit like, oh, I got to strip back some things. But that's when we live according to the world, not according to the kingdom. In the kingdom of God, it's a mindset of faith that says, I'm here to live expansively. I want you to lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. In other words, don't just get bigger, get stronger. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Why? For you? No, for those coming after you. It says your descendants will dispossess nations. You're just stretching out your house, but God's going to bring nations into order. I'm gonna settle the desolate cities. In other words, places that have been barren will become fruitful again. A couple chapters later in Isaiah 58, it says, God's people, what, what do we do? To rebuild ancient ruins. Raise up from age-old foundations. And you're gonna be called, God's people, repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets, of dwellings. In other words, we are going to repair, we're going to restore, we're going to build, we're gonna stretch out, we're going to strengthen, we're going to see where there's been brokenness and we're going to build hope. We're going to bring more of Jesus to our world and watch and see God do a re restoration process and program through our church and to our city and to the world. Now, we have a part to play. We know that this is all by God's grace. We were saved by God's grace. We did not earn it. We could not deserve it. We couldn't manufacture it. You cannot ma uh, manipulate it with behavior modification. You were a sinner in need of a savior, and that's Jesus. And the same one that saves you also is the one that strengthens you. 
It's a work of God's grace. Now, you might need to be a disciplined person in your Bible believing, in, in, in your growth. To be a disciple means you're adding the things of God into your daily world. But you can't really build your own life, not a kingdom life, without the grace and the empowerment of God by the Holy Spirit and by the word of God. Psalms 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house. Come on, he's got to get involved. Uh, if you're trying to build any part of your life or your relationship outside of the word of God or without the help of God, you might get a little bit done, but it won't be lasting. Unless the Lord builds the house, we, we, the builders labor in vain. So you can build, but unless you include God, it won't be built to last. God builds, but we also, we also labor. There's work to this thing. If you haven't said thank you to someone that opens the doors and turns on the lights and sings from the platform and leads at Kingdom Kids and cleans up after us, there's a lot of builders already in this house. But we can make church happen, but we can't change a life, and we cannot bring revival to Kansas City unless the Lord gets involved. And so today is a conversation to a greater calling for all of us to be builders in God's house. And not just to build a better church service, no, to build hope. To build hope for hurting people. To build hope for forgotten people. To build hope for future generations. To build hope for people that have put their trust in Jesus and are experiencing forever life change. Kingdom City, it is a season to build and to stretch for something significant. It's a season to build hope. Every big move starts with the first step. In the last 13 years of our church, we've really taken four, four massive steps, the big steps. Liz and I moved up here at the very end of 2009. We, we made a big step as a church, built a, a, a team out of a Bible study, and we launched a service September 19th, 2010, the movie theater on the plaza. Palace movie theater, we were there in those purple seats, and, and, and we, we, did, we made a big move. We had a, a team of probably around 40 or 50 or so. And I honestly, I, I went to turn around for the first message I ever gave at this church. I was just expecting those 40 or 50 to be there. But everyone had been inviting and engaging in the community around us. And we had almost 300 people show up. When we made a move, God made a move. Hope happened. Hearts were changed. In fact, even on our staff, those first two weeks, there's two staff members that gave their life to Jesus in those first two weeks. That's a big move. Second big move is when we built out the plaza. We leased that space, and we built it out ourselves. It, it, it was uh, the best of times and the worst of times. We were a ragtag group with very little construction, but you know what? That didn't stop us from trying and sometimes failing, but we built it out. We sacrificed everything we had in those early days just for the raw materials, for us to build hope ourselves. And we built that space out, and God began to move in that building. In the nine years of having church on the plaza, God did something so powerful, so amazing. And a couple years into that, as we were expanding and growing, we decided, hey, it's time to make another big move again. And we moved up here to North Kansas City. In fact, Park Hills South High School, we were back in the purple, go Panthers. <laughs> and we built a portable church and people showed up to serve and came alive to Jesus. And then another move, a big move, was we built this space out. How many grateful for our space up here in North KC? Come on, it's awesome. 
It took sacrifice. It took surrender. A year and a half into that, we built out the house of hope. Come on, those four big moves were significant. And yeah, God is calling us this generation, our time, in the here and now, what move will we make to be a part of the, something that God wants to move through? Something greater than what we already have, although God has been glorified so far, where can we give him more glory in the future? And I hope that you're ready. I hope that you're ready not just to understand and be excited. Listen, I hope that you have some faith rising. Because anything that is really of God requires faith. So get your faith ready, because why? We don't serve a small God. And so we don't make small plants. Our calling is significant, and your assignment is vital as a part of building hope. So now you can open your packet. Merry Christmas is an early gift to you. And I'll walk us through. It won't be in order, but it'll be in the order I've had it in my heart for us as we build hope. Let's start right here in our north building. This is our house. This is our church home right now. Uh, we're going to build hope for future generations because we need to renovate our kids' space. We have, uh, right now, I promise you, in, in, in Kingdom Kids, it is busting at the seams in a couple of the classrooms. Uh, we need to make more room. We have some space that we're not using, and we're going to reconfigure some of the space that we do use, and we're going to create new classrooms uh, so that we can better listen. Not just have more kids, which will be able to house more kids, but more importantly, we're going to disciple better. Because some of the classrooms are far too big and far too full for us to really have engagement and connection with them. So we play games and we sing spiritual songs and we teach a little message. And your kids are being taught the word of God. We just know we can do it more effectively by creating a space to minister to them more personally. Because the next generation is so significant to the kingdom of God, we decide that we're going to stretch and sacrifice to set them up to be the best representation of Jesus for the seasons yet to come. <laughs> kingdom Kids is our opportunity to make a greater disciple, to make a better follower of Jesus, and put them in the best position to move the mission of Jesus forward for the generation yet to come, because generations matter to God. Also for us... In helping this house thrive, this home thrive, we're going to do some work in storage, which I know no one gets excited about storage, but we need space for House of Hope. We have specific items that need people that we have access to, but we can't house it here because we don't have the space and the setup. So why is that important? Because people matter to God, and we want to meet their needs. We have people that are in the room right now, right here, right next to you that because we gave away groceries and let them have a shopping experience and everything beautiful boutique, they've given their heart to Jesus and they're part of our spiritual family. And there's more of those people and more of those families and more of those stories to see come alive to Jesus in this house. Do you know that through our House of Hope, in about three and a half years, we have blessed 13,991 families in the name of Jesus. That represents 54,985 individuals. That's 2.1 million meals. Just this year to date alone, 879 women have had a shopping experience that adds value and blessing through the EB Boutique because we value people for who God's called them to be, not where they currently find themselves. This is what we're going to do. That's the first thing we're going to do as we build hope. We're going to make a better place to make disciples for future generations and a better way to bless the people of our city in the name of Jesus. 
you know, when the plaza location went away, it's been a little bit of a step back, stretch back to step forward for us. But, but people said a few things like, oh, we're leaving the city, but they couldn't be farther from the truth. First of all, we will be back in that area one day with the space that we actually own and occupy. Watch this space and we'll see what God does. But we've been given an opportunity to do something I feel like is one of the most significant things that God has ever done through our church. We're going deeper into the city, a place that needs it even more than before. So for our city, we've been given an opportunity to assume ownership of an existing church building in Northeast Kansas City on Independence Avenue. Come on, we have someone who loves that. I love you. We've been given a space to renovate, to beautify, to make it amazing. There's actually existing congregation that is there, uh, two migrant communities uh, that, that, that we're gonna come alongside of to support, to, to give uh, oversight and help and, and build out that space so they can more effectively reach even more people than before. We're, we're grafting in another brother and sister church into this community of faith. The connection between those amazing people. In fact, even on, on our Family Fridays, on our giveaway, grocery giveaways, there's people with uh, the zip codes from, from that area that, that come up here just to get food. In fact, some of them take the bus to come up here, but what we're gonna do is take all of our help and all of our hope and we're gonna build it right there in their own backyard. Not only will those communities continue to thrive with our help and our encouragement, but I believe in this next year that God's gonna give us the opportunity to have our first ever Spanish speaking service right there in Northeast on Independence Avenue. So we're establishing a house of hope. I call it right now, it'll be the Hope Depot, and I'm excited for it. <laughs> we build hope for forgotten people. Places that you might not drive by, you might not go at night. We believe that God wants to shine a bright light for Jesus right in that space and right in that place. The amazing part of this story is this connection and collaboration and this opportunity for ownership and this divine assignment came through a relationship of a family that's actually been coming to our church for five, six years. I want to highlight Dr. Omot and Hannah right there on the second row, who we love very much. Been pastoring here for a while and been coming to our church went back when we were in Park Hill South, bringing their kids to, to get encouraged, to be part of our youth group, to be part of this, this family. And, and yet they also feel this call for the last couple of years that, hey, we need to go back to East Africa and we need to build hope in that nation. They planted churches before, they planted churches here in KC. And so we as a church are gonna be sending them back onto the mission field. Dr. Omot, Hannah, they're amazing kids. To impact our world in 2024. And we'll be launching a house of hope in Jima, Ethiopia. Glorify God, because revival's coming to East Africa, amen? And it's not just an outreach space. We're gonna raise enough money so we can buy a building. It's not just an outreach space. It's gonna be a church plant. A 98% culturally Muslim area. Jima, Ethiopia, that region, it's in, a, it's in a suburb of a couple hundred thousand, but it's connected to a city of 3.5 million people in that area. That's bigger than KC. And we believe it's just the beginning. 
One house of hope will turn into two, two will turn into 10. And what God does through our stretch and surrender, we will get to celebrate in the here and now and for all of eternity. We get a chance to give to something that you might not see the fruit or the reward of until you graduate your assignment, until we meet them into eternity. But it also will become our mission space where we can go as a church family. Because as Dr. Omot tells us, they love Americans there. Finally, one place in the world that still loves us. Our own mission space. Are you excited? Let's talk about our future. Our future is big right here in North KC. Our future is big in Independence Avenue. Our future is big in Jima, Ethiopia. And our future is big in South Kansas City. Before we talk about our new location, a building we've owned for about a year and a half, uh, I wanna talk about a connecting between the plaza and South, if I could. I just want to contrast the two. As we've taken a step back from two locations, actually really stretching into four, if you count Lansing, which we do, I mean, we're going to have five places where we lift up the name of Jesus as a church. Pretty awesome. The nine years of salvation, surrender, of serve, of sacrifice on the plaza was some, some amazing fruit. In nine years, that building saw 7,965 decisions for Jesus. Come on, tell me we're not making a difference for eternity. Those nine years, we baptized 765 people that went public with their faith. We have served in nine years over 3,000 unique kids have checked into Kingdom Kids to know the truth about how much God loves them. Friends, all of that was done with a 230-seat auditorium. In those early years of growth, I would preach five times. And to be honest with you, I'm still recovering until we launch North KC. <laughs> it's amazing. Plaza's been incredible. There's another wave of salvation about ready to hit our church and our city. It's going to happen here in North. It's going to happen in Northeast. It's going to happen at Lansing. It's going to happen in Ethiopia. And it's going to happen in South Kansas City. In phase one of our South building, we're not going to have 230 seats. We're going to have 700 seats. In phase two, we'll have around 1,000 seats. Our kids' space in South KC is about the size of the entire three levels of the plaza building. We are making more room for a move of God because people need Jesus and people need to grow into their calling. So how do we get there? Well, we get there by faith. And we get there by sacrifice. This is not just a prayer, this is a prayer and participate time for us. Start in prayer. We believe prayer not only moves the heart of God, it moves our hearts to be in alignment with God's heart. And as we pray, we need to participate. We need to raise $2.25 million to make this God dream, these four steps a reality. And I'll tell you right now, we will accomplish all four of these steps. We will do it according to the time of our generosity. In other words, we know the vision will be accomplished, but the time that it gets accomplished is directly connected to our sacrifice and our generosity. If we do it in 2024, I believe we could do all four. I actually believe, and this is, this is big boy faith, we could get this thing going and accomplished in the next few months, because with God, nothing is impossible. But I wanna draw to you the opportunity before us starting this Sunday and receiving it on, on December 10th. It's our big give Sunday. We're not only gonna give for the end of the year, 
We're also going to receive for the very first time for us as a church a pledge system just for next year. So from now to the end of this year, all the way to the end of next year, we're gonna receive pledges in order for us to get the resources we need to do everything God has called us to do. And listen, God has a part for you to play. There are people in this room, and I say this with no condemnation, you've never participated in generosity or very sporadically. And this is your opportunity, I think a divine line in the sand for you to say, you know what? I need to take this next step of faith and obedience because God still loves you no matter what. But the people around us need the love of God and they need it now more than ever. So this is our part of growing and maturing as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. And every one of us has a part to play. If you'll open up, you'll see the total need. And down here is just a, kinda, a, a chart of standards of how we could get there. This just shows us the amount of gifts that we would need. And the reason we break this down is not to be gimmicky, but just to show you that this thing is possible, this thing is doable, and you have a part to play. If you notice, the top level gift has already been received by a person who's a part of our online community has already given that. Can we thank them for their generosity? And just this week, I wanna say this to build your faith. Just this week, seven families and individuals in our church Seven families in individual church. Liz and I are part of that. They've already given or pledged $285,000 to move this thing forward. <laughs> Friends, we're at, we're at 20% already. And I'm just praying and believing that God will move your heart. You can put your pledge in today. You can start by maybe giving a first fruit offering today. You maybe know what you're capable of doing right now. We're gonna pray about the rest. I encourage you. Keep praying and leaning into it. And I would say this, you can look at this and you could see a number on there that kind of makes sense for you to give and give and pledge. And it makes sense that, yeah, I think I could do that. I would encourage you to maybe pray and consider about one lower level of stretch. It doesn't have to be the specific number on here. You need to hear from God, hear from heaven for yourself. Because God is asking something of all of us. And I know if we all do our part by the grace of God, we will not only get this thing done, God will accomplish everything he's been wanting to accomplish for us in this next season, and it starts right now. December 10th, we'll receive it all. If you have questions or anything on your heart, you wanna talk about it, you wanna see one of the spaces, you can let us know. In fact, you can contact me. There's an information code you can scan. It goes right to me, and I'd love to sit down and talk with you or connect with you any way that we can. And one thing I'd love to do, I'd love to know what you're believing for. Because we're not just moving the church forward. We believe when God moves all of us forward, he moves your life forward as well. I wanna know what you're contending for, what you're standing for. Liz and I, we gave our gift. We gave last year, we give again this year. And on our, our, our gift for our sacrifice for next year, I wrote all of our names. I wrote Kyle, Liz, Blair, Graham, and Goldie. Because this is bigger than just Liz and I. This is for the generations yet to follow. And so I encourage you to not live in a comfort zone. Not to disqualify what you feel like is, oh, it's not very much in the big number. That is a big number. But I want to encourage you to live in the stretch because com comfort and calling never coexist. And we're called to do something that's bigger than us. And this is our time to make a move so that God can do what he wants to do. A couple weeks ago, in preparation for those two weekends where I preached on what in the world is going on, that was my prayer to God. What in the world is going on? 
And I was praying, I was praying about what, what, what part is the church to play? What's really going on with Israel? If another nation enters in, is this becoming the end of the world? God, what, what is going on? And I felt the spirit of God press on my heart. Kyle, quit trying to play checkers. I'm playing chess. Yes, God speaks to me in deep spiritual words like that. In other words, quit just thinking about the one step. Understand that I've got something at work that's greater than you could ever understand in your own human ability. Now, I know how to play chess. I'm not very good. Uh, but if you don't know how to play, I could teach you how to play, and I could likely beat you. Now, if you played for a while and you understand any sort of strategy, uh, you probably would beat me. Okay, I'll receive that with humility, and then we'll go play basketball, or we'll play Uno, or we'll play something until I win. But I know how the pieces work. I know, I know that the king can go anywhere, but he goes one move at a time. And he can make any move, but he's kind of a slow mover. I know that his pawns can, at the first move, they can move two, but after that, they can only move one, and they can attack diagonally. I, I know that the rook here, the castle, is kind of my favorite one, because he can go all the way that way, and he can go all the way this way. Uh, and then you got the knight. Uh, the knight can go like a one, two, three-step side slide. It's like the Tetris L it can do. And then you got the bishop. The bishop moves at the angles can hit the diagonal attack. And then you got the queen, which she's just like a boss, babe. She just roll wherever she want to roll, any which direction as much as she wants to go. And the reason I put this out is because I, I feel like God was teaching me something about the way that he works because his ways are higher than our ways. And God ain't playing games. God's changing the world. And he's doing it through the church. But, but I, I sometimes feel like these last couple years in particular, we, we feel like the enemy has outflanked us in every which way. That he's been winning nonstop, and it's like the end of it all, and we're gonna lose. And here we are, we feel like just little pawns. All we can do is just take one little step and one little step, and it doesn't seem all that significant. But you know, chess masters don't just play the next move. I, that's how I feel. I, I, I maybe could set you up for one or two moves, but, but like grandmasters, Oh, they got this thing called a pre-move. They already know what you're going to do. Or they have a high likelihood of where you're going to go. And so they're actually setting you up so that you make the move that they want you to make. And they'll even act like they made a move to open a door for you just to get you to come a little bit closer. Because they know how to win in the strategy of the game. And the pre-moves, in fact, the greatest grandmasters are thinking about seven, eight, nine, 10, 15 steps down the road. And sometimes we think, oh, the enemy's flanked us and I'm pinned in over here. How could I ever break through? I'm just a, I'm just a little pawn in this grand scheme. Well, first and foremost, in God, the king, you're not a pawn. You're a son and daughter. You're a prince or princess. And yeah, maybe only you can make a move, but the grandmaster knows what he's moving in your life. And he's setting you up. It's a pre-move. We've seen it throughout the Bible, pre-moves. There was a, a move of a family that refused to go along with the genocide, the infanticide that Pharaoh had produced over the Hebrew people. And so they made a move. By faith, they put their son in a basket and floated him on the river. How many know that makes zero sense? But that child found himself in Pharaoh's home. And Pharaoh was trying to wipe out God's people, God had already put a pre-move in place to liberate them. Even when it felt like they were pressed in and the Red Sea opened up, God already had a pre-move to destroy the enemy. We see it in 
in Goliath. How could you ever beat Goliath? God had a pre-move that was living on the backside of the desert when no one was paying attention that through a little shepherd boy, he was gonna raise up a great king. Haman thought that he could pin in God's people and eradicate the Hebrew people. But there was a pre-move called a princess named Esther that came into her royal position for such a time as this. I think about Calvary's cross. The Bible says if the enemy would have known that he was playing right into the move of God's hand to deliver not just the Israelite or Hebrew people, but to deliver it all people, that he would never have put Jesus to the cross, but God set the enemy up. And here we are in a time and space and a climate of the world that seems so chaotic. And it seems like, man, shouldn't we just like, shouldn't we just back up a little bit? Shouldn't we just go uh, and like hide out over here because it seems like overwhelming odds to our defeat? But I promise you this, Kingdom City Church, it is a pre-move before the greatest move of God that we will see in our generation. I know this by my spirit, and I can see it in the signs that are around us, that we're making some moves right now that isn't even about our kids. It's about those that are coming after us. We're making some moves in the Northeast. We're making moves in Africa. We're making moves in South Kansas City, not just for a nice next step. God has already set up. The Grand Master knows what he's doing. And we know that in the end, we will win. But how many will we win until we get to the end? We're going to win more souls than we ever have. We're going to make more disciples than we ever made. We're going to give away more things than we've ever given, all for the glory of God and the expansion of his kingdom. There's a move of God coming to our city. There's a move of God coming to our nation. There's a move of God coming to the earth. And he's asking us to make some moves to be prepared, some pre-moves to get ready for the great move of God's grace. Revival moves. It's time to make a move. Four moves that for us are big moves. But in the grand scheme of things, these are just pre-moves of setup for God's season of sacrifice and season of surrender so we can see a season of salvation. It's your move. It's time for you to make a move. It's a season to be moved by the voice of the Holy Spirit. Not by your reason or understanding, but moved by faith. Might for you might be a, a water walking season where you gotta get out of the boat of your own comfort and step in even into the midst of the storm. For some of you, it's time to actually step into obedience and honoring God with every part of your life that he's either king over it all or he's not king at all. That's a move you're gonna need to make. And you might think in the natural, how is this possible? But God by his spirit is speaking to your supernatural potential. And so here we are in a season, we're making a move. I want you to see the need because the need is great. Matthew 9, 36 says, Jesus had what? Compassion on the crowds because he saw their need. Don't just get live so insulated in your own little world and what you're believing for, which truly does matter to God, that you don't see the need of what's mattering all around us. I want you to feel the urgency too. I think it's why our moves are specific. In a world that's just trying to rebuild and regain lost ground, no, we're thinking about greater things than just gaining back lost ground. We're thinking about lost souls, lost sons, lost daughters coming back home. John chapter nine, Jesus says, we must work while it's still day because night is coming. There's an urgency to share Christ before this season is over. Finally, I want you to become the solution. Realize all the things going on in the world, God has you for such a time as this. 
You might have felt like, oh, I've been misaligned. I've made some missteps. No, by the grace of God, he's positioned you. You're a prince. You're a princess. And you're positioned. And maybe only you can make is one move, but it's the exact move of heaven that God has for the strategy to bring victory over the enemy. Trust me, in the end, it will be checkmate over the enemy. In the end, it will be checkmate over the crises in this world. But we want to make sure we check our heart so that we make sure we're in the place and the space where God can move for, through us as we live to build hope for something that's bigger than us. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, by the grace God has given me, Paul says, I laid a foundation. I built the church. I reached the people as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. You know, that's really what we're a part of. This isn't a 13-year-old church. It's a 2,000-year-old church. We just found ourselves, someone made a move, and that's why you're here today. Someone made a move and maybe invited you to church. Someone made a move, maybe you came through a House of Hope grocery day. Someone made a move that your grandma came to alive to Jesus. There's been moves that have been made all the way up to this point that have built you to the person that you are today. Now it's our opportunity to make a move to build hope for the future of what God sees in Kansas City, in Kingdom City, in Jima, Ethiopia, on Independence Avenue, in South KC, and beyond. He says, but each one of you should build with care. And this is my heart as pastor for a moment. Liz and I, I want you to just put your heart into it. Not your head only. Talk with your spouse, pray it out, but make sure you make a move that is from your heart. Make a move from your heart. Ephesians 2 says, we're, we've been created for this. We've been crafted and we've, we've been, we're God's workmanship for, for the good things he's prepared for us to do. Powerful, world-changing moves we're going to make. I think about that passage from the very beginning from Nehemiah. Right? Liz let us in in our, our Bible reading. We in Nehemiah's story, it, sa it says, uh, "God supported me, and the king spoke to me." I just want to tell you, God has brought you this far. God's brought you this far, and I just say, the king is still speaking. The king wants to speak to you, and then this is when we're going to get started. We're gonna get this done. The speed to which we complete these moves is based on us hearing from God ourselves and us trusting what he says, caring about this calling and all of us participating. You can give today, you can give on December 10, you can give a, a gift right now, you can give a pledge, you can do all those things. I just wanna make sure you put your heart into it because we wanna have hearts that are obedient to God. We do not wanna just give a gift. We wanna get in on what God is saying. We wanna get into a spirit of surrender. We wanna build hope for something that's bigger than ourselves. And friends, for some of you, this is your first ever season to truly live by faith. And watch and see, not only will we grow the work of God working through us, Kingdom City, God will grow your life in the most powerful of ways. Do you believe that? Would you stand to your feet? I want to pray over this, but before we do that, I'd love to receive communion together. You have communion on your seat. I know we're a little bit over time, but I love, we did not receive it last week in the first of the month because I wanted to receive it today. Are you guys inspired? Are you encouraged? Will we listen to God and obey? Together with the grace of God, when we care, when we listen and obey, Nothing is impossible for us, amen? Are we grateful for Jesus? Would you hold up the bread if you got it open yet? Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice and your surrender. You made a move. It was called the cross. 
You went first. While we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. That pre-move has secured our move to be in your family, to receive your grace, to be forgiven, to be set free of sin and shame so that we can be in relationship with God for now and for forever. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. You were broken so we could be made whole. I would pray that you would heal and make wholeness a reality of our life, our inner world and our outer world, Jesus. And even in our relationships, I think that there is unity in this church that commands the blessing of heaven. Let's receive with the bread. The blood, naturally speaking, gives life to the body. The blood of Jesus gives life to you. This cup represents his blood. Would you hold it up? Let's pray. Jesus, we remember your sacrifice. You were poured out so that we could live full. We've been forgiven, washed clean, redeemed and restored. And now our response to the gift that we could never have given to ourselves, we could never have earned, is to give you our whole lives. Let our lives be poured out like a drink offering. Let our life be a living sacrifice, holy and surrendered unto you. Jesus, I thank you that you're doing a lasting work in us. For those in this room, they need healing, they need restoration, they need peace. They need breakthrough. Lord, I thank you. It is their portion in Jesus' name. And for all of us as a church, I thank you that we'd be so vitally connected to the heartbeat of heaven that we would bring that saving power of Jesus to the world around us. Lord, I thank you that you are building this house and you are building our lives. So we're not laboring in vain. You're doing something beautiful in us and through us and all for your glory. Let's receive the cup. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this season. I think it is a build hope season. I think you're speaking clearly and directly to our part to play. Lord, help us care about what you care about and help us, help us own every opportunity. Now till, till the, 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 the big give day on December 10, to the end of the year, to the end of next year. Lord, I thank you that you're gonna make it very clear our part to play. And Lord, I thank you for Kingdom City Church, that we're not gonna live by our own thoughts and our own feelings. We will live by faith. We're gonna trust what you're saying, trust what you're asking, and trust where you're leading us. And God, I thank you, you are leading us not to just build hope, but to bring hope to the world around us. For those that still need to see you go to work in a specific area of their life, God, I thank you, you're answering prayers even right now in the name of Jesus. Now, we're gonna take a few moments, church, just to worship and glorify him. I ask that you stay to the very end because some important things we wanna talk about, but let's just take one second to seal not just in receiving of communion and the elements, but in the atmosphere of this room in our own heart, just to worship that hope is beginning to rise in this place and in your life. Amen, come on, let's sing.